know what time it is. You, I don't even gotta say it. Y'all already know. Yeah, we in the A. SRT to click, keep it super lit. Yeah, need a check, need a place a bet. Hancock with the pick. Woo. We don't play every Wednesday. You gotta turn up, turn keep up. it real. 1100 AM, they tune to us. Yeah, super slick when I spin move. I just touch down like I'm Jace Smooth. And it's HO from Bankhead, so we don't tie. We gotta go for two. Woo. Big money like G Money. Coach calling the play, we gotta fall in. SRT be the crew, you know we ballin'. Ballin'. Sports round table, the only option. So what I do, Woo. turn up every Wednesday with the SRT crew. What up, what up, what up? It's the Sports Roundtable, live from the SRT studios, overlooking Atlanta Station, and we are in the building once again, and uh, it is Happy SRT Wednesday, as always, and uh, we're here each and every Wednesday. 7 to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, it is that time, man. Wednesday is here. Wednesday is here, and we are in the building. If you want to be a part of the show, 404-603-8770 is the number to call. Uh, Make sure you follow us on social media at SRT. Radio, and we got the crew in the building with us tonight. The the crew is in the building tonight. I am your humble host, HO from Bankhead, and of course, they got the crew with me. The Tennessee guys, I'm pretty sure y'all happy uh, from, from this past week. <laughs> and of course, I got a special guest in the building as well. So let me go around this table real quick before we get it started. All the way from Memphis, Tennessee. I can say that for both uh, both guys. My main man, Mr. Hancock. What up, Han? What's up, big homie? <laughs> and you know what I do at this time? I give y'all a new TV show that I'm watching. Uh-oh. There you go. Y'all need to check out Godfather Holler. Okay. My man, Forrest Whitaker, putting it down. Bumpy. Really? Oh, yeah, Bumpy Johnson, baby. Take you back in time a little bit. Show you how things went. You know, you understand a little bit more about the culture and Wow. Malcolm X, so that's my thing. Just give you a little, little, little something to okay. put in your pasta. There you go. There it is. My main man, Jay Smooth, is in the building. The smoothest guy I know. What's going on, Jay? Tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Falcon fans. I had to do it. You gave it to him, did you? Yeah, I had to do it. Sorry. but uh, You had to do it. Yeah, I had to do it. I hear you. It's all good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like some buses coming from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, the main man is coming through to to, to spend a little knowledge with us tonight. Uh you can catch him every Saturday morning, ten to twelve o'clock PM or AM to PM. It is Mr. Controversy of Three Point Conversion. What's up, Mr. Controversy? Mr. Raph, what's going on? Did you miss me? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here with my brothers. There it is. You Talking know? sports tonight. Yeah. You know it. Yes, sir. So the Bears did their thing. Uh, unfortunately, the Cubs just, you know, and Mr. Madden. Uh, it's, it's amazing how two organizations like the Red Sox and the Cubs 
they don't waste they don't waste no time. If you ain't winning, you gone. <laughs> move on. Yeah, just just move on. Just you're not doing it for us. So that that is the expectation. Uh, That's Chicago. a lot of nerve on the Cubs, though. <laughs> Why you say? We got bougie. Oh, we, we it took 108 years to win a World Series. <laughs> it's been three years since the last one, and not like nope, nope. nope you gotta nope. go. Yep, expectation. Hey man, tonight we got a uh, hot news. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. That's that's our old format. College football report coming up. Then we got our Rain Man picks of the week. Then we got them Ballers and Busters. Ballers and Busters, man, is um, one of my favorite segments. Then we got our roundtable discussion in the second half of the show. Uh, We're going to talk a little NFL. Talking about the Falcons. Talk about Mr. James Winston. We're talking about the backup quarterbacks. They just continue to win. So we're going to talk about that. And a lot more. And of course, I got some other news I want to. We got to touch bases on. And uh, of course, Action Jackson, the intern, brought out his baseball format to say who will win each series starting tonight. So we'll check that out. So with all that being said, make sure you follow us on uh, srtradio.com. Go to Facebook Live, SRT Sports Talk Radio. Uh, make sure you tune in in the car, AM 1100, and download the app for the real 1100. And one of my guys said it's opening night of hockey. So what I'm going to do with that, if you want to know more hockey information, make sure you tune in to DNA Sports on Monday night <laughs> from 7 to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, Z, now we can get into our college football report. It's time for the College Football Report. I'm surprisingly intrigued by the prospect of College Football Saturdays. The hottest college football stories of the week. Let's play some football! College Football Report is sponsored by our good old friends at the Big Easy Grill. If you're looking for the best New Orleans seafood in town, make sure you go to the Big Easy Grill. 1193 Collier Road, Atlanta, Georgia. Well, the shrimp's so good, you have to take two bites to get rid of one. Make sure you mention SRT or Sports Roundtable for that 10% discount. Any meals, $25 or more. All right, fellas, uh, college football report. And let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, Clemson did not look so good this weekend. Mac Brown was trying to Mac uh, and came down to a... I'm going to just try to win the game. And some would say probably a bad play call. But either way, Clemson didn't look good. And let's go around this table. Hand, is Clemson as good as we think they are? It's hard to say uh, just how good they're going to be. This was why I was giving Alabama so much well, tipping my hat to them because every year when you come out with that target on your back to continue to put out and be successful as you are, dominant as you are, you know, and not take prisoners, it's, it's hard to continue to do that, especially with young teams. I know they do funnel through, and a lot of times you don't get that stale message like you do in the NFL because players stay there. But still, to have a program to, to stay on, you know, to stay as sharp and to stay as dominant over a period of time is hard. And Clemson is starting to realize that, you know, sometimes you can read your press clippings, you can look at the league you play in and know 
that if you throw the football out there, you still should win by three touchdowns. Mm. You see what I'm saying? But sometimes it just doesn't go well. And that's up to the coach. And I have to get that boy a little back on up to this game, talking about parades and things of that nature. When you start to play that into the mind of 18, 19-year-old kids, they start to shake that way. That's why Saban keeps his kids on edge. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. he lets them know, okay, we're playing Heidelberg this week. Oh, they can beat you. <laughs> you know, you, you have to put false dragons in front of them. Give them something. <laughs> you know, and I, I think him going out and, and giving a bulletin board material to an experienced coach like Mac Brown was not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I know Mac doesn't suit up, but he's been in a lot of football games. And he prepared his team well for this one. And like I said, I do think Clemson, you know, took them light. And that, that's on them. Right. Uh, North Carolina came out and did what they should have done. They took them to the last seconds of this game and almost pulled it out. So, again, I don't know if Clemson – I'm not going to sit here and say they're not, not very talented. But in the past, they played with that hunter mentality. Right. And this is what I always say. It's easy – easier to play and easier to get up when you're the hunter. But when you're the hunted, especially when you don't feel like you're going to be challenged, then you can be beaten. And okay. I think that may, this could either be a wake-up call or they could still sleepwalk and say, well, we saw we could still beat these teams with not our A game. But I think it's a wake-up call. Alright, Jason Moore, what you got on Clemson? You think they're as good as advertised? Honestly, I would say I don't know. I I think we only have a five-game sample at this point. And I think at this point, not only as fans are we experiencing some sort of Clemson fatigue, I think that Sankoff pointed out the team is itself. Um, This team has been at the national championship the last four years. They won two of them. So I think at some point a certain level of disinterest starts to set in. Um, You know, the guy who was sort of lauded as the, you know, the the top Heisman candidate, Trevor Lawrence. Right. He hadn't played up to expectations. Yeah, we gotta talk we'll go talk about him in a minute. Yet Travis Etienne, um, who pretty much exploded for over two hundred yards in that first game, he's been held to I think under about 75, 76 yards in the last four games. Wow. Um he hadn't looked great. And I I think at times we tend to forget that um this is a team that lost three star defensive linemen to the first round in the NFL. Um so, you know, I think overall as a team, they're still young. They're learning to grow. Um, this could be considered maybe a down year for Clemson. I think this is a program that will continue to compete. You know, they continue to replenish the talent with more every – with, you know, even better talent possibly every year. But I, I think at this point, I think it's – we still don't know how good they are. It's only five games, and it's – it's funny, they're 5-0, and but, you know, we still we have doubts. And, right. I mean, granted, if you look, look at the tape, I mean, obviously the the doubts or the the conversation is warranted because there's a lot that we're not seeing. The ex- expectations just aren't being met. So I, I'm preaching patience. I don't, I don't think they're the best team in college football. But um, I would say, you know, considering their week slate or their week schedule remaining, um, I mean, they, they have time to figure it out. That's what I'm saying. Right. All right, Mr. Raphael, Mr. Controversy, what you got on Clemson? Well, you got to look at the fact that Lawrence is still a baby. 
So you don't have that veteran presence. Like you said, a lot of a lot of the the um, ends and the defensive players they went went to the league. So in a position like this, where in a sense you just won a championship, what else? You know, we're the champs. We're the big boys. We have this easy schedule. What do you get up for? Alabama, they don't have to worry about that because Alabama is playing someone. Their, their division or their conference, I'm sorry, is tough. You know, at the Big Ten, in the Big Ten, you still got teams that are tough. But you see teams like in the Pac-12 and um, right now in, in the ACC, they don't have nothing to play for. So that's when you need this veteran quarterback to step up. But you don't have that. And I can't fault him. He's only a sophomore. You know, so I think that's part of it. Then the fact that people are not – I think other teams are noticing this. And usually in college football, you talk about Mac Brown. College football, usually when you're playing this big team, this hype team, I'm not in the locker rooms, but I can tell you what I, I envision or what I think. <laughs> I think that coaches are saying, all right, it's a tough game. We're going to play hard. We don't care who they are. We're going to play tough. We're going to – just we can play with this play. Whereas McBron came in like an NFL team. Look, these guys think they all of this. Right. They think they're the best. We're gonna show them that they they're on our level. You know, you know, you can tell the way they play. And I just think right now, believe it or not, I think it's gonna help Clemson in the long run because this is gonna make get them to be battle tested. I still think they're gonna lose. I, I I've been saying that since week one. They they're gonna lose one. I still think they're gonna get upset. So. I just think it's the fact that you don't have that veteran, those veterans on the teams at the leadership position to step up. All right, so I'm I'm going to piggyback off everybody and say that I think they are a the conference that they play in probably has predicted will predict a lot of their play. And to your point, Hancock, I think this will be a wake up call because you're still playing. Division one football. And then when you're facing a Mac Brown team that's been through some wars, uh, may not, to your point, the bulletin board may not work for you. <laughs> you know, because each and every year we've seen, you know, I think back-to-back years against Syracuse yep. and then this year against North Carolina. But, again, I don't know if I've seen the ACC this bad, though. You know, uh, shout out to Florida State. I think they're playing better. Playing better because they got a stabilizing quarterback. Right. They're playing better. So, could that game be something to watch? Do Louisville have enough speed? You know, if it gets down to that, Duke is surprising people. Uh, we thought Boston College was the all the be-all. They're strong and physical. Then you got Wake Forest, who a lot of times you just kind of – Check by go by the calendar and just check their names off. Yeah, but do yeah. do they go to play Wake Forest? And is that one of those noon old Jefferson Pilot <laughs> type games? For See, all if it is, if it's check. one of those sleepy games, that's a problem. Yeah, that, that, you that know, will you got be a about problem. fifteen people at the game, so I mean, it's, man, it's tough. All right, speaking of ACC, got five ACC teams in the top ten. Um, I think we know who they are. Uh, very, very simple to, to, to see. Uh, it looks as if Auburn didn't get a lot of pub at the beginning of the season. But I tell you, they defense, and one of the defensive players, number five, I think Brown, I think is his name, uh, 
definitely a, a first-round pick. Uh, LSU has surprised us. Uh, I didn't think Florida would be, uh, at this point, an undefeated team. Uh, so this weekend we'll see those two class. So five in the top, top ten, smooth. What is your take on the SEC being having five teams in the top ten this early in the season? Well, I'm not surprised. Um, reason being, neither of these teams have yet to play each other. So um, I, if you look at it this way, I – I won't say these teams have played sort of um, well. They all have played inferior op- opponents. I'll I'll just leave it at that. But I I think it speaks to the the overall quality of talent throughout the the SEC. Um, the SEC is has become and I for what maybe ten to fifteen years now they're probably second to none in terms of overall talent. And if you look at the the level of coaching. I mean, there there are some questionable coaches in certain places, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think overall that Nick Saban has sort of, and I I hate to even use Nick, but Nick has he sort of fostered a a culture or a uh, or you better get better. Yeah, a, a, a really competitive environment in the SEC, and his his level of coaching and the level of recruitment has sort of raised everyone else's level. We've seen what Kirby has done. Um, Dan Mullins down in Florida. Um, even, you know, Ed Ogeron, who a lot of people didn't have faith in this guy, but he's done well. He's made smart decisions. He's delegated responsibility, and he's made right moves, made the correct moves. So I I think overall the SEC has continually made the best possible decisions. And, you know, compared to every other conference, the Big 12, um, Pac-12, ACC, these teams, they seem disinterested in becoming better football programs, and that's what the SEC has done better than everybody else. All right, Mr. Controversy, what you got? Well, I, I don't think is that – I don't think that the other conferences are not, you know, they're not trying to get better. I think they're not tr- paying as much. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, <laughs> but I'm surprised. The reason why I'm surprised is because it's the way they're winning – LSU, I mean, who would have thought, you know, I've been saying, even on our show, I love Burroughs. That's that's my guy. He was my guy from day one. But to see him play like this is amazing. But then the defense hasn't played up to their standards. Auburn, did any of y'all see Auburn playing like this? I didn't know they would come out like this. They were talking about a buyout before the season with Gus Malzahn. Right. So I didn't see this. You know, Florida, look what happened to the quarterback. And they're five and zero. We know about Alabama. We know what Georgia could do. Right. But I think those three teams are playing well. So this is college football. This is I'm not gonna lie. I miss this type of football, you know. See all see <laughs> these type of players in the SEC and you got a couple of players right now in the Heisman talk, you know, they're in that conversation. And it was early, but still just to see that. I think when they play each other, this is when college football is going to be at its best. Right. I think this is probably destined to be one of the best years in college football just because you have to see these players, these teams play. Two-team loss going to the championship, I think it's going to be worth it because look who they're playing. So I'm surprised. I didn't see LSU playing this well. I didn't see Auburn right. playing this well. Please say Florida. I didn't see Florida at all. Oh, yeah. And just with the adversity – and the way they're playing. So, 
the competition is up, you know, and if Alabama was getting it getting it back then and before when um, when Nick Saban to get on them and y'all got to run these laps and all of that, their practices are even harder now <laughs> because of the competition. So, yeah, I was surprised. All right, Hancock, what you got? Yeah, I'm not surprised because I always said these institutions down here, this is what they live for. If you just if you didn't have uh, any of that, what's what's that satellite radio or whatever, you just drive through the south and just go through these towns. It's all about the college football programs. That's what it's about. They live year round. This is it. This is what they have to talk about. Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, even Tennessee, as bad as they are, uh, this is what it means something to them. When you talk Pac-12 and all that, it's not, they don't live football. You have big schools like USC, you know, have tradition or whatever. But even your lowly teams in in the SEC, you know, they have a tradition. Ole Miss, it's tradition. You go there, it's an all day affair. It's it's they they get drunk up in the day and they live for that game. They might come those those other games, those other conferences is not that important. You know, it's like that's why it's so heated and that's why it's so passionate. And that's why these these schools, they're gonna make sure that they kinda get up to that level with Nick. He's brought it up, no doubt about it. But you're right, I mean, just look at it. If you look top to bottom, there's more passion about football in the SEC conference than any other league. It just is. So that in itself to me is going to drive the schools to have good football programs. And these football programs carry these universities. They bring in the money. That's what builds these buildings. That's what keeps, you know, these chancellors and presidents' pockets lined. So and build these big stadiums. That's what it's about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised because that's, this is what they live for. You know, up north, you'll see more of a pro style, a pro uh, football type people. That's what they want. Right. Out west, they got a lot of things to do. They go to beach. They do all kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and when they get up, you know, football's already started on the East Coast anyway. So, I mean, it's just more passion. That's why I think the teams are better, and they just want football more. Gotcha. Um, let's move to this last topic, and I'm going to read some numbers off to you guys and Guys, let me know what you think. Uh, Tour, 23 touchdowns, zero interceptions, quarterback rating 96.2. Jalen Hurts, 12 touchdown pass and five rushing, zero interceptions, uh, QBR 97.5. Justin Fields, 16 passing touchdowns, seven rushing, zero interceptions, 95.4 pass uh, quarterback rating. Trevor Lawrence, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, five interceptions, four rushing. QBR is 78.8. Jake Fromm, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Quarterback rating of 86.8. So, when I read all them numbers off, those are just the stats. What was Burroughs again? Yeah, I, I didn't have him. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have him. If you want to throw him in, I'll be glad. I'll be glad to. Uh, he's playing well, but... These guys have got the headlines at this particular moment. So, out of these guys, or you can add one, who's the best quarterback in college football right now? Hancock, we're going to start with you. Wow. Uh, It's hard to say, man, because, you know, you have to kind of – 
caveat these things, especially when you look at the competition that Jalen Hurts has played against and the conference he's played against. Yeah, he's putting up big numbers, but when you're throwing the wide open people and some of the tackling that's going on in the Big 12 is ridiculous. I mean, if you saw some of the highlights of C.D. Lamb, it looks like he's playing against nursery nursery rhyme kids. It's, it's ridiculous, man. So, I mean, yes, his stats are going to be gaudy, but you have to take into account the teams he's playing against. Uh, and I, I don't think anyone is really, even even Tua, he hadn't played against competition yet. Right. I guess, you know, so it's hard to say to me who's the best right now because these stats are really off the charts with the teams that they play. I think we really can't get into the meat of it and understand who's the best until the competition level ramps up a little bit. That's fair. And uh, I don't know when that competition level will ramp up in the Big 12, to be honest with you. When I look at those defenses, I don't know who's there. Uh, the SEC, he's going to face some defenses. Right. And uh, his numbers are going to – they're not going to stay as gaudy as those that – two uh, that. Uh, my man Hurts is, is putting up. It's just not it's it's not the same. It's just not the same level of defense. So I don't know how to answer this question besides saying I think the top two right now in my eye have to be Hurts and Tua, uh, just from what I've seen. Joe Burrow, don't get me wrong, I think he's done phenomenal also. He didn't mention him in his stats. But uh, I, I can't put Fromm up there. I think he's a game manager. Uh, I think, to me, uh, Kirby is doing what Nick did a few years back, like right. I said before. He's playing an Alabama game of probably about six years back, where it's all defense, uh, throw when we want to, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, short passes, don't turn my ball over, don't put my defense in harm's way. As, as we saw, the only thing that allowed Notre Dame back in the game was a special team's yeah. you know, debacle that allowed them to get some. They did make a drive or two down the stretch. But what I'm saying was that got them in the game. So Kirby's going to play close to the best vest because of his defense. So I don't consider Fromm even in that in that deal. Gotcha. But those are my two. Jay Smooth? Yeah, H.O., I don't have a best quarterback right now, but I can tell you who I think has been most impressive in right. my eyes. And Mr. might like this, but Joe Burrow. Okay. I think he's been the most – well, I'll put it this way. His performance has been the least expected. Okay. I, the numbers that he's put up this year, I didn't expect him to put up. For instance, right now, his he's thrown 17 touchdowns, two picks. All of last year, he only threw 16 touchdowns right. and five total interceptions. So um, I think he will go on to surpass his, the number of attempts and the, um, the total amount of yardage that he threw for last year. So I think his grasp of the system, I think Ed Ogeron bringing in, I forget his name, but um, – from the Saints to coordinate his passing right. game. It's helped. Um, Joe Burrow has three elite receivers, I think, in my mind, who might play on the next level. But Joe Burrow has shown a certain level of assurance or poise that I didn't know that he had. Um, you know, this is a guy who seems to go through every progression when making passes. Um, and I I get it. He's played against lesser competition. We still have to factor that into it. But I, I think considering – that it was all unexpected. Joe Burrow has been the biggest surprise for me. Mr. Yeah. C. Burrow has been the best quarterback. Let me tell you why. He's had the biggest win. Yes, Texas, they probably don't play defense. We know that. But the fact that he had to go into Texas and play, and he did well, 
Then he goes back to Vanderbilt and throws six touchdowns. So he's been the best quarterback to me. Everybody else hadn't faced anyone. It's expected. The most impressive quarterback has been uh, Justin Fields, just because everyone who's played so far has been a starter since last year. He hadn't started. This is new to him. I know he's played Walmart University and all of them, but look at what he's doing. Even when he went into Nebraska, this is supposed to be a hostile environment. It's a night game, big game. He hadn't had a chance to start in a big game like this. He balls out, he shines. So he's been the most impressive. But Joe Burrow has to be the best because, again, Alabama, all-world players, they hadn't played nobody. I think we probably can give them better defense than what Jalen Hurst has seen so far. <laughs> and then from game manager, like you stated, um, Tua, yeah, that's what I said. They, they, he yeah, he they got everybody, are. you know. Yeah. So, But I think Burrow, he's had the toughest game so far as far as traveling as a quarterback. And, you know, Texas is no easy place to play. I don't care how horrible their defense are. And for him to go in and, I mean, he was on the money almost every pass. Then to back it up again and then to give that crazy statement talking about the six-touchdown game with 390 yards was still don't think that was one of the um, worst games he played. Like, stop it. You know, but it lets you know his confidence is there, that he's ready to take on to that next – or going to that next level. Jay, I know you wanted to say something real quick. Go ahead and throw your, throw your thoughts out there. But yeah, um, it, it's hard to say that Justin Fields has been the most impressive just because of who he's played. I mean, I think each quarterback, there's a case for each quarterback, maybe with the exception of Joe Burrow, because going in, on the road to Texas, um, Jake Fromm hasn't really broken out yet to me. Right. Um, it's really been his defense and the running game kind of carrying him a little bit. Not a whole lot, but at least enough to where it's hard for me to say that he's the best quarterback in the country. Um, I, 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 it's hard for me to say that any of these guys are the best quarterback because of who they've played so far. We're still early in the season, and we haven't seen really anybody break out. I'd agree Joe Burrow's the most unexpected because LSU has never really had a quarterback since Jamarcus Russell, even though no one even wants to admit that. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it I I had I'm taking a wait and see approach to see if who would actually like break out in a big moment later on in the season. Gotcha. And Justin Fields in Ohio State went to Nebraska and yeah, that they was had a big forty-eight win. and yeah. a half. That was big. Yeah. Ne- Nebraska's not that yeah, good, yeah. man. Huh. This in the nineties. No, honest, but the fact that he hadn't started and it was a night game. That's I mean, that's pressure. I mean, yeah. I mean, he had six touchdowns. What, what, what did I tell y'all about Pesh? Go. go ahead. Get it's, it to it's a different style of pass. <laughs> SEC night game different. Yeah. From a cornfield in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, don't get on my Big Ten. I don't know about that, bro. Man, Nebraska, wait, tell me about the Big Ten. Well, they, Nebraska not really Big Ten anyway. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't right. give them that. So, yeah. <laughs> but still, Nebraska that's still a historic place to play in. I mean, Nebraska City. had a great week before that. Yeah, and they were coming up big. But again, he hadn't started, so this is the first time playing. In, an environment like that. I mean, he hadn't played no no name teams. Now he plays a man. They play bigger football than that count. <laughs> the best thing about that game is Gabriel Union. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, that was. You said that was pretty good. That was yeah. pretty good. The comment or Union? Gabriel Union. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gee, what you say? Nebraska ain't what they say the eighties. 
This is in the nineties. Ninety-nine. Tom Osborne is not touching him. Tommy Fraser not walking through that door. Look, man, they they brought back an option to try to run against. They did everything they could. See, and it just they're behind the times. Behind the times, man. And it's it's hard. They even brought their their coach is a guy who ran the option while he played there. Yeah, you know he. You know it's going to be hard for Nebraska because you cannot. You don't have that pipeline. (laughs) Back when they had I Am Hip and all those guys, and they brought Tommy Frazier in from Florida, and but they had a pipeline out of L.A. where they were getting those guys, a lot of them gang members. But they're not <laughs> coming in. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Let's just be real. It was gang members all throughout those programs, yeah. and they were balling. Yeah. But it's not that way anymore. Yeah. They cannot get those athletes. I know the head coach now is going to try to do it, but it's going to be hard to bring it back to where it was. I feel you. <laughs> all right, man, let's go wrap up our college football report. We got to take a break because we got our guy, speaking of college football, speaking of football, guy on the phone. We went one and three last week. His first losing week. Our main man, Slick Money Rain Man. Keep it locked. You listen to Sports Roundtable and this SRT crew on the Real 1100, SRTRadio.com. Keep those ears locked to Sports Roundtable on the Real 1100 AM. Are you looking for a new, pre-owned, or used car to get you around the city or simply from point A to point B? Look no further. Jay's Used Cars is the place to be. Jay believes your job is your credit, and no matter what your situation is, Jay will get you in a car. Visit Jay's at 3820 Lawrenceville Highway in Tucker and mention Sports Roundtable, get a 10% discount. Go to jaysusedcars.com to check out the inventory. Jay's Used Cars, where they stack them deep and sell them cheap. Sports Roundtable. May I help you, sir? How much for order of ribs? Uh, two fifty. Two fifty. How many ribs do I get with that? Uh, about five. Five. So I guess that's about fifty cents a rib, huh? Yeah, about. Let me get one. Right on. One order. One order ribs. No, 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 no. One rib. One rib. I sure am hungry. Only on WWWE, the real 1100 AM. Are you ready for some football? Are you ready to win some fruit cups? Those who are tardy do not get fruit cups. We'll get ready because it's time for the Rain Man's Picks of the Week. He's on the phone. We're back. Sports Roundtable. And uh, one and three last week, but that's okay. That's why we have week after week. But he is winning for the season. My guy, Slick Money, Mr. Ray, man. What's going on, bro? How's, how's it going? No, Mark, my brother. How you doing? All is well. We got the crew in here with Mr. Controversial, Mr. Raphael. Everybody got their pen and paper out ready for these picks of the week. Let's go ahead and start this thing off with your blowout of the week. Um, a blowout of the week, I'm heading across the, I guess, the pond, they call it. I'm taking the Chicago Bears minus five versus the Oakland Raiders. Um, the Raiders are not going to be at home for the next five or six weeks. I think Chicago is just a better team. Uh, I think Mack is first facing the Raiders for the first time since been traded. I think Chicago Bears will be all over the Raiders this week. Gotcha, my man. Uh, somebody smiling for that. Um, your lock of the week. 
Uh, lock of the week, I'm going to college football. I'm going down to the swamp. Man, Auburn is good. I don't want, I don't think people really giving them credit. And I think they, they might have trouble against LSU and, and Bama later down the road, but they are better than Florida. So I'm taking Auburn minus the three at Florida. All right. So what do we have for our upset pick? Upset, I'm going to Morgantown. Now, I'm not going to really say it's an upset because it's a sandwich game, but 11 points at Morgantown is a lot of points. Texas got the big shootout with Oklahoma next week, and I just think they might be looking a little hit on this game. Uh, West Virginia could put an upset, but I think it's going to be close. But I would like to have the 11 and the half at Morgantown, national TV, so they're going to be crunk. Seven and a half at home. Wow, okay. And your bonus pick for this um, Yeah, my bonus pick. What's, what's the nickname of the guy, quarterbacks for the New York Giants? Dimes, what they call him? Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. I think they, their run is over with this week. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think Minnesota has a big, big game, man. I think Minnesota played was embarrassing against Chicago last week. I think they come out strong and, and make a point. The quarterback apologizing to everybody for just doing a lousy job. So I just truly believe Minnesota can cover the five and a half at New York Giants. Versus the Giants. All right. So I'm just going to recap this real quick. In your blowout, you got the Bears versus Oakland, the Raiders. Uh, They're playing over in the smog, I guess we should say. Um, your lock of the week is Auburn minus three versus Florida. They playing in the swamp, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I think Auburn had six sacks in the first half. So probably expect a little more of that. You're taking West Virginia plus 11 and a half uh, in, in your upset pick versus Texas. Uh, you're saying Texas probably be looking ahead. Might be a little trap game here. And your bonus pick is Minnesota uh, covering the five and a half versus the New York Giants. Is that correct? So, yes, sir. Uh, Kirk Cousin did a lot of apologizing this past week. So you saying yeah, he, that? So yeah, he played hard, man. He felt like he was at uh probably Parkview High School. He just looked bad, man. And then. I just think uh, Minnesota is a better team than what they showed Chicago, not knocking Chicago's defense because they are the best, uh, real good. But I think Minnesota is just as good, and I think they get to the rookie this time. Good deal. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. We hope this is a 4-0 week. Before you go, let everybody know where they can find your picks and where they can find you online. Well, you can find me at IG at Victor Hill, number four, all one word. On Facebook at Vic, V-I-C, Hill, H-I-L-L. And on Twitter, it's ATL Slick Money. My main man, you already know. Give me your shout-outs before you go. Hey, I can't shout-out but to the greatest crew. Greg on one and two, superhero, nephew, love you, and HMO, and the new guy. And who is the new guy, Mr. Controversy? Yeah, Mr. Controversy. He stars it up, baby. He's a Chicago uh, Bass fan as well. Yeah, I know he feels bad about Madden getting getting fired at Chicago Cubs, right? Uh, why, you gotta, why you gotta bring that up? <laughs> we was doing good until you, bring, you brought that up. Okay, I was just teasing, bro. Good luck with the cousins, man. And uh, he gave you a chance to skip, so that's that's good enough. Right, right. There it is. All right, Slick, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, fellas, any picks you like? 
You run them back again? You know how it is. Bears. Okay. I'm like, minus I'm that. Uh, Auburn minus three, first floor. It's going to be hard to go into that swamp, though, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, they might come out with the win, but I don't know. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. I think, yeah, I think they're going to get them. I think they're going to beat them pretty nice. Oof. Auburn is, uh, you know, they feeling themselves. I, I think Auburn is a good football team. Don't get me wrong, but it's just something about playing that swamp. Right. Them Gators, man, <laughs> they, they come up with some kind of way to win. Some way, somehow. Because yeah. the offense is really stagnant. Yeah, their defense been carrying them for sure. Uh, West Virginia, plus 11 and a half. Yeah, I think Texas is banged up, too. Uh, going in there as a double-digit favorite in Morgantown, you got to yeah, land yeah, on top yeah, of. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how the number didn't go down yeah. if they hurt. If they, they got bang. some to you know, going, it's only one way in, one way out there. Oh yeah, and they gonna burn them couches if they upset them. That's what they do. Yeah, <laughs> they burn their couches. <laughs> wow. So uh, the fire department get ready. Wow. Mm. Some and guys. Minnesota, five and a half versus uh, the Giants. Kirk Cousins hard. I'm just let's just be real, man. He I don't know why he doesn't take the heat that he deserves. Everybody talks about everybody's contract and what they don't do. This dude right here, he need to wear a mask every time he go in the bank. Hancock because they, he's they can't do him anything out. about it. Like his contract's fully guaranteed and they're not gonna cut him. So he'll be there next year it, too. It is that's it's ridiculous how how bad this dude is for the money that he makes. And now we always talk about, well, you gave him the money and, he, you know, you knew what he was. But this he, this is bad. This is truly bad. He is not deserving of his money. But let me ask you a question. Do you really think he played bad last week? Like, Because when I watched the game, of course, I was thinking and until I watched it again and watched the highlights. His only problem to me is he can't hold on to the ball. He fumbles. You know, that's pretty big problem. But and that's a big problem. <laughs> that's the biggest. But as far as I didn't think he played horrible. I just think Thielen couldn't get open. <laughs> they had 50 yards at halftime. Thielen couldn't get open. He only had two catches for like minus eight yards. It seemed like. So. Mr. Gonzalez, they beat the Falcons and he threw the ball ten times. Right. That 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 you need to say nothing else about. But is that how it, you are trying to? protect him because right. you don't want him to hurt you. No, <laughs> I agree with that. He is <laughs> ten times but for you, a man who's probably, is he not the highest paid or close to being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? He's what? Look, number three? Look, I don't know. It's guaranteed. I, I, look, it's guaranteed. Yeah, it's ten times. He's getting all 84 million. He threw the ball <laughs> ten more times than I did, son. But you know, what, you know what I thought? You know what I thought? I didn't even think that was because we're going to protect, because that was the first game of the season, so they didn't know. And he had a good season last year. That was just to punk the Falcons. Yeah. I know they can't stop us. What the Falcons keep running it? Yeah, well, the Falcons are creating all yeah. the famous. Right. We see so. that every <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> but he hasn't played well. He's creating all the fame every Sunday. I agree. I, I think Rodgers. I think Rodgers is getting a lot of uh, leeway. He hadn't played well. Did you see him throw the football on Monday night? Though? Man, they was playing against. They, they, no, I'm not even talking about when they played. They, now the interception he had against. The no, Bears, but I'm just saying. But I'm talking about he. That he defense, makes some pay. He can right. football. But that defense was depleted, that that secondary. And then they was hurt. Darby didn't play. They was already um, down. And then, next thing you know, the other cornerback, I can't remember his name, he got hurt. Yeah, he got Chris. And then uh, Max ended up getting hurt late in the game. Yeah. And you still throw a pick? Well, he, he, but you look at his stats, 
Those are not Rogers' stats. Well, those that was the only game he played well right. in this season. Well, so but cousins, you're right. Cousins, cousins, cousins fumbling yeah. at halftime. They all, you know, it's bad, man. He's the seventh highest paid quarterback. Twenty-eight million. Alright man, we get back You already know what we got Ballers and busters Can't wait for this Keep it locked, Sports Roundtable with SRT crew On the Real 1100 SRTradio.com Keep those ears locked to Sports Roundtable On the Real 1100 AM What's up, this your man D-Will the Coach here on behalf of Real Talk Tees. Real Talk Tees is for the players, geniuses, and bosses. For those who hustle, for the fresh, and for the iconic. Real Talk Tees is urban, affordable, vintage t-shirts to help you express yourself. So visit realtalktees.bigcartel.com to order yours today. So how about this? You got a specific mood in mind? Custom orders are available also to help you and yours stand out. So visit realtalktees.bitcartel.com where what's real lasts forever. Sports Roundtable. Rick Flair or Floyd Mayweather, who has the most swag? Two things. When you transcend race <laughs> and, 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 and the, the African Americans get behind you with woo, woo, and allegedly you sleep with Halle Berry. Ah, woo! Drop the mic. <laughs> Only on 1100 AM, the worldwide radio network. Other radio shows may have their players of the week, but at the Sports Roundtable, we have our ballers, ballin', and our busters. This man was a bona fide scrub. Sports Roundtable, back at you. I'm H.O. This is Mr. Controversy, Hancock, what up? Jay Smooth, of course, G-Money behind the glass. We are Sports Roundtable and SRT crew. Uh, Ballers and Busters of the Week sponsored by, we have not had got one yet, but we will continue to search that out and look for one. So, my baller this week goes out. To a wide receiver from Alabama, Devontae Smith, 11 receptions, 274 yards, and five touchdowns, and they blow out win against Ole Miss. They got three five-star wide receivers, and this can happen to it. Judah could, Judah could have, have the same stats. And Ruggs can have the same stats. Remember, Ruggs was on the show on before the show. he even right. signed with Alabama. Before he became Ruggs. Before he became Ruggs. So I think we gave him some uh, Got that SRT. SRT love. love. You know what I'm that. saying? So, ball of the week, Devontae Smith, wide receiver of the Alabama Crimson. Be- before you go on, do you think that uh, it's because he won rock, paper, scissors before the game? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that could be it. <laughs> because, because it don't matter. It don't matter. It just don't matter. All right, Han, what you got for your ball? Uh, my baller goes out to Jameis Winston. Let's eat a W. <laughs> hey, I have given this guy a lot of grief over his antics and his, you know, sometimes his exuberance of being just that country bumpkin kind of, you know, throws him out of, out of kilter, to be honest with you. 
And, you know, he's not polished a lot of times in his speaking. Uh, his firing of the team doesn't go over well all the time. But this past Sunday, he played well. I think Bruce Arians, as we talked prior in the pre-show, has had, has a great influence on him so far. He was 28 of 41 for 385, four touchdowns. He had one bad interception late, one bad interception late in the game that uh, it kind of put the game in jeopardy, well, in a little peril, but not jeopardy. Right. Um, but for overall game, his overall performance this week, Jameis Winston gets gets my ball. Jay Smooth. My ball of the week goes to drum roll. <laughs> AJ Brown of the Tennessee Titans. A very efficient day. Three catches on only three targets. Two touchdowns to 94 yards. <laughs> he led my Tennessee Titans to a win over hometown Atlanta Falcons. Uh I mean his co- his team, his college team got blew out. On Saturday, but yeah, but um, he's making up for it. Yeah, congrats to AJ Brown, my <laughs> ball of the week. All right, Mr. Controversy, what you got? Ball of the week. I'm gonna go with a team or a certain part of a team. I have to go with the Bears defense. I think that was SEC probably SEC. man. That's for real. They are SEC, <laughs> but that was probably the best defensive game until the last drive, that late drive I've seen from Chicago. Years, I mean, they they look dominant. The fact that you have two starters plus Nichols on a D tackle, he's a D tackle that plays significant amount of time. He was out, and you bringing in rookies and Raquan didn't play. Raquan, no, Raquan didn't play. Um, Hicks didn't play, and you hold the leading rusher to forty yards rushing. Wow. 40 yards rushing. Like I said, 50 yards total in the first half. They didn't get none of the yards until the last, the last second to last drive when they scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Bears got bored defense, but to see them play like that and show that they have no weaknesses, even in your backups and your other backups, your backups to the backups, it was amazing. Yeah. All right, Mr. G, what you got? All right, my ball of the week goes to Cleveland Browns running back, Nick Chubb, 20 carries, 165 yards, and three touchdowns, and a 40-25, to 25, I'm going to say upset, over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I was I, – I, you didn't know – I don't know what you're going to get out of the Browns every week. I think that's what kind of team they are now. They may have been looked at Super Bowl contenders, which is a little much, possibly a playoff team. Uh but the, they've been inconsistent this season at best. But for them to come out and beat a division opponent like the Ravens uh, by way of giving Nick Chubb the ball a few times and including an 88-yard touchdown, um, I don't know how they're going to play next week, but I can say they played well this past week. There it is. All right, now it's time to get to them busters. My buster this week goes out to the L.A. Rams for getting slaughtered at home. You go to the Super Bowl last year and allowed Tampa Bay to come in and put 55 points on you at your home turf. You only ran the ball 10 times. And I want to say Jared Goff threw 68 attempts, something like that. 
second most ever. No, third most ever, ever. in a game. So I know we did, we did Todd retire? Five carries, sixteen yards. Oh, twelve. He's yards. still on the team. Yeah. <laughs> the same amount of carries as Malcolm Brown. Five carries. So I know we had a, a sign last week to say McVeigh likes our show. He may not like it this week. Yeah, he'll actually he'll be a guest next week. <laughs> L.A. Rams, you are my buster for this week. There's no way that you can give up 55 points at home and throw the ball six to eight times with only 10 attempts to run. Actually, 11, but it was a loss of a yard to Cooper Cup. But anyway, all right, Mr. Hancock, what you got for your, uh, your buster? Listen, man, my buster is the Miami Dolphins organization. Mm. Ooh. Mm. That's what it is. Point blank period. That's it. Mm. They are they are horrible, man. In this tanking era, I guess, is what we're seeing. We've seen it in other sports, but this has to be the first time I can really recall it in the NFL. As, I mean, what was that? 112, 160, about 180 points they've given up close to. Mm. And they scored 26. Wow. So that's my bust. Sounds like a basketball wow. score. All right, uh, Jay Smooth, what you got? Bust of the week? Yeah, I want to piggyback on uh, Hancock's bust. <laughs> Speaking of bad teams, let's just throw in the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos, Ooh. who are both 0-4. And, and um, I mean, I, there's a race to tour. The tour bowl is, you know, officially on. <laughs> yeah, if we can um, – the Jets, they were – on by last week, but we could probably throw them in there also. So, uh, you know, hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, they were on by, so I, I didn't mention them previously, but there, there are three definite bad teams in the NFL, the Dolphins, Bengals, and Broncos. And, um, it's sad. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's it. H.O. Mr. Ralph. Call me Mr. Controversy. I really hadn't had a chance to unleash all of that. So, Leash all of this, but I gotta give the buster to um, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Bro, nice. you play in a dome with all that speed. Mm. You can't throw a touchdown. <laughs> What's wrong? You almost lose to the Lions. Granted, he got them back, but they're playing Detroit. Every game is gonna come down to the end. Every game in Detroit comes down to Stafford with the ball <laughs> with under a minute left to try to tie win the game. It's always like that, every game in Detroit. But you don't throw one touchdown? You mm. get the bus out of week, bro. All right. Did he lose your fantasy That's what I wanted. Yeah, That's I what I wanted. Like, <laughs> no, zero touchdowns against the Lions. It's not wow. Lions defenses like that. Wow. Kyle Murray went off on the Lions. Okay. Mm. Joe was quarterback. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown either. All right, G, what you got for your bust of your Nathan Peterman award? Um, well, I got two real quick. Uh, one, Vontez Perfect, you idiot. Yeah, you idiot. Um, and my other one is kind of Jay kind of alluded to it. Um, it's specifically John Elway, uh, the president for the Broncos. Uh, this is, I think, this is the worst quarterback situation in the entire league. <laughs> wow. 
I know the Jets are on their fifth string quarterback, uh, HO, that you expect to call any day now to play right. quarterback for the Jets. Absolutely. <laughs> but to bring in, just since they won that Super Bowl, and they couldn't, they refused to pay Brock Osweiler, maybe that was a blessing in disguise. But to trot out a seventh round pick in Trevor Simeon, and he won a couple games, and you just decided to stick with him for another year. To draft Paxton Lynch, um, and he clearly wasn't ready. Right. And you drafted him in the first round because he reminds you of yourself. That's what former players seem to do all the time when they are in charge of drafting players. And then you draft another quarterback and then bring in someone who lost, who just lost his job, uh, who was clearly on the decline in Joe Flacco. So... Him being a former quarterback, not being able to draft quarterbacks, uh, we should have seen this coming. But because he's John Elway and he was a great player, that means he'll be a great executive. That's almost never the case. The only exception is Jerry West. Uh, So the Broncos have the worst quarterback situation in the league. Um, I hope Tua does not get drafted by them because I I just don't want to see it get any worse. Does he get any credit for the Super Bowl wins he had? He signed Peyton Manning. Oh, I'm just—I mean, I'm just asking. <laughs> but I think it's more of the coach. You know, I love Fangio. That's my guy, of course. But he looks lost. He's used to just coaching defense. Now you could tell, like, when the offense on the field, he, he's doing <laughs> that. Like, what? 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 They say? Like, he's checking in with the—he's checking in with the guy that's holding his cord. That's following him. He's wow. talking to him. What? What? He say? He looks lost. <laughs> And I, wow. I think that's the problem. Flacco hadn't really played bad. It's just the fact that he's not ready. I don't think he was ready for this. They gave him a chance because he's been in the league for that amount of yeah. years. He's not ready for this. Question. We we talked about how the Patriots used the four games to kind of, as their preseason prior, we've seen them do that. And this is just my, I'm asking a question, but I'm kind of putting it out there. It seems to me that when all these teams now don't play their guys in the preseason, it's like all the teams now are trying to find a playing personality of how they're going to have their team shape the rest of the year. And they're using these first few games kind of to get that. You know, we, you know, I know we talked about the Browns and what they might be, you know, and it's almost like when they don't play together on the field until now, you don't know how to judge them in the speed of the game or whatever. So I'm kind of interested now. We're four games in now. So I'm expecting the level of football to rise a little bit is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because I think most teams started to keep their guys off the field. And now you really had your preseason. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting a little bit better performances from some of these teams now. And to see a little more consistency. I can see that. I I, I can see that. And I – for certain teams, certain teams is certain bad. teams are bad. They just, you know, that doesn't that doesn't apply to all teams. Certain teams are just horrible. Certain teams just don't have an identity. Don't know what they're doing. Uh, but I can see that. I can look for more of uh, some continuity coming moving forward. I guess what they call this is the first quarter of the season. Right. Going into the second quarter of the season, let's, let's kind of see, see what, what happens. And things what they really season. are. Yeah. All right. And Marty said Zeke is his bust of the week. Yeah, yeah, I see him talking about. Uh, you get paid, and you only rush for no more than thirty yards. So, Martin, that's his bust of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, man. We got to uh, take a quick break. We got to get to the second hour of the show. But when we come back, we got some other news. Talking a little baseball, and we talking NFL. Got to talk about these dirty birds. Tighten up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep it locked. You listen to Sports Roundtable, SRT Crew, on the Real 1100, SRTRadio.com. We'll be back with more Sports Roundtable on the Real Real 1100 AM. You are tuned into WWE Peakville AM 1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Listen up, sports fans and TV watchers. SRT and Vibe TV have joined forces to bring you the best TV watching experience ever. When you subscribe to the Vibe TV app, you're going to get over 340 U.S. TV stations, including HBO, Stars, AMC, ESPN, Hallmark, Foreign Channel, Music Channels, and all of your local major city networks. Best of all, sports fans, Vibe TV is keeping you up to date with all the scores and more from tennis, golf, soccer, rugby, UFC, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and more. And last but not least, live pay-per-view events at no extra cost. Never miss another game or match ever. If you want it, we got it. One app, one price, $15 a month, and never pay for extra add-ons. And here's a bonus for all these Sports Roundtable tenants. Visit VibeTVapp.com and use the promo code SRT for a 20% discount on all Vibe TV packages. So come on and subscribe to Vibe TV and stay connected to Sports Roundtable because they know sports. What's up, guys? It's Chandler Parsons from the Atlanta Hawks. You're listening to Sports Roundtable. I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Jay Smooth. Might be the best drop of the year. Oh, gotta be best drop that of the awesome. year. Awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. Shout out to Chandler Parsons. <laughs> I'll be honest, Chandler. My feelings have not changed. <laughs> uh, hey, you know it's nothing personal. Nice guy, but you know I just it just didn't work out in Memphis. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the shout out, Chandler. I mean, I hope. Uh, I wish you well with the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I hope things. Go ahead, Mister C. 
had the luxury of covering the media day. And so when I saw Chandler, I said, okay, I got to ask him. <laughs> and honestly, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but honestly, when I was asking him, I didn't even think about the drop. I thought, I'm going to ask him a question. So the first, before I asked a question, I said on my mic, I was like, listen to this move. So I can't say, ask a question. <laughs> so then I said, you know what? Everybody's away, because usually you can't do a drop when everybody, because everybody asks questions. Everybody kind of drifted away. Chandler, do you mind doing the drop for me? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, and look, I got the three-point conversion mic and everything, right? Flag, shirt, say, you listening to the <laughs> SRT roundtable. And and this is it's a, um, one of the hosts, Jay Smooth, big fan. I'm like, can you shout out? <laughs> <the song?"> <laughs> <laughs> so when he was trying to, when he was saying it, he he was saying to drop, and I'm trying not to laugh. I'm like, <laughs> and I had messed up the whole record the first time because I'm yeah. laughing. Oh man! Wow! Uh, I had to. Yeah, man. that's priceless. Awesome. awesome! Wow! <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I, I, I've been rough on Chandler Parsons for the last yeah, he three heard, years. He heard. Yeah, I've been rough on him. Yeah. I mean, it's and oh, honestly, man. I mean, I get it. He was injured. I, I do get that. And um, you know, there's like I say, we have a lack of access to the truth. But I think <laughs> I think some of it was warranted. And I mean, I'm, I'm not mad. He got his money, but I hope things work out. Better sh- in Atlanta. And I should have, I apologize, I should have gotten G or asked um, H.O. Mm-hmm. if I could have played, you know, because I did ask him about the injury for you. I asked yeah. him <laughs> the injury and what happened. And he, he stated, he was like, it was tough. He was like, really, I wanted to play, so I couldn't play. He's like, but right now, I'm battling back, I'm healthy enough, and I, I will play. And I, because I asked him, I said, you know, do you fit? And he said, yeah, I fit well and I'm ready to play. He was like, I'm just there. He's like, I'll start playing. And I'll be able to play in the beginning. He said, he's ready to contribute. He said, but it was a hard time. He hated sitting there. That's what he said. He said, it, it hurt. He said, people wow. don't understand, you know, the fact that you got, I got to sit there. I got to this team and I couldn't play at all. It, it was burning me up. So I kind of had a, you know, the look when you twist your lips, but at the same time, the more you talked, I'm like, okay, yeah, you can kind of see he was, Excited and passionate or whatever, so. Well, as you can see, he took the high road, Jay. So no matter how yeah, bad you man. talk about him, he took the high road. Yeah. He gave you a shout out. He gave you a shout out. Yeah. Oh, too. I appreciate it, man. I I hope he does well in Atlanta. I don't. <laughs> seriously, I don't. Well, we'll just leave it at that. All right, man. Some other news. <laughs> Action Jackson got his playoff breakdown for us. So guys, check this out. Uh. He already picked the, the Nationals, and they had a comeback win last night, Mr. Soto. Uh, bases loaded, clearing double slash error. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <Say that. laughs> yeah, it was yeah. definitely. But it was a big hit. Big hit. Um, uh, first career loss, blown save for Mr. Hayward. First career blown save in the playoffs. Um, so, Jansen got, he say he's going with the Oakland Athletics versus Tampa. So, guys, what, what you think about that? You, you, you like Oakland? You like Tampa? Jackson say he's going with the Oakland A's in this series, which is playing tonight, eight o'clock. Actually, it's on right now. So, is it? Tampa, cool. Rays are already up one nothing. Well, I like right. the Rays. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I said the Rays beforehand. They've been probably. 
the most consistent team this year. They, it's just that the Yankees just went on this crazy run of <laughs> winning games, you know, but they've been the most consistent team. You know, they probably, out of every three series they went to, you know, um, and I think they're ready, man. I think they believe. I think they play. It seemed like after a while the game plan was, I don't know if you have a game plan in baseball like that, but it's like if you had a game plan, the game plan was let's just get to the postseason. We get to the postseason. We could beat whoever we play. And I feel like they're confident. I, I, I just feel like the Rays, I believe the Rays going to get, believe it or not, I believe they're going to get to the uh, ALCS. Okay. Wow. All right, National League. You got the Braves in five versus the Cardinals. Julio Tehran is left off the roster, as well as Austin Riley. Wow. My boy? Yeah. yeah. Adam Duvall and Rafael Ortega made the roster. And uh, Dallas Keiko will be pitching tomorrow at 502 uh, opening game. And uh, Mr. Action Jackson got the Braves in five. Your thoughts, real quick. Braves in five, yeah. six, seven. What, they play the yeah. Cardinals? No, I don't see that in five. Okay. Well, they played five, right? This is the seven. Oh, they play seven. Yeah, they moved to seven. It, mm-hmm. It's now the division series is the best of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I see. Them Cardinals, man. I just, I believe in them Cardinals. Wow. I think the Braves are great. Maybe in seven? No, if it goes seven, yeah, Cardinals still win the seven. But I think it's going to go, I think it's going to go five. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the Braves in six. Um, You know, there are some concerns. Are we coming in completely healthy, Um, mainly? Freddie got some bone spurs in his elbow. Uh, a little groin for Acuna, mm-hmm. but everybody else is kind of healthy. So they got a lot of days off to rest. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess the only thing to say is we'll see. Yeah. Is this more pressure? Is this pressure for the Braves right now? The fact that last year they got in, then it's, you didn't expect They, they were just young, mm-hmm. I think. This year, is it pressure on them now? Do they feel the pressure of we have to win now? And that's – I want to see them bounce from that. But I just think the Cardinals are just – the experience, the fans. Mm-hmm. Right now they just – I mean, it's just that team. That's why – and it's nothing against the Braves. But I think Cardinals can win in five and every game will be close. I just think Cardinals will pull it out. Okay. okay. Um, Action Jackson got the Dodgers in a sweep versus – the uh, Nationals. What's worse than a sweep? Sweep forfeit. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. <laughs> if I could go worse than the sweep, yeah, I got Dodgers killing that. Dodgers, Dodgers in the sweep. Yeah. You just say hey. I don't know. Sometimes when a team gets through something that they weren't supposed to get through, like last night, the season was over. Yeah. So one strike away. Yeah, they've been they've been there. So I mean, been to the rank of. You know, putting it up for the rest of the year. So, yeah. I don't know. You look at Hershey's. He, I mean, Hershey. Hershey. We're not in the 80s. Just, he's just not 
that that playoff playoff guy. pitcher, man. Yeah. He hadn't he hadn't proven it. <laughs> so we'll see. Carl hurts that. We just have to see what he can give you if if he's ready to really be that postseason picture pitcher that we you know haven't seen. And yeah. here's the biggest thing: the pitchers kind of make me want to renege what I said, but the fact. Washington have two pitchers that could dominate. Yeah, they yeah. pitched last night, though. Right. Both of them. Both of them did. So, they'll forfeit two games or a game and hopefully. I think but, Patrick Corbin is starting the, the first game. Mm, mm-hmm. See, that's that's the killer. But that's why I think they're going to get swept. All right, Yankees. Maybe they'll get hurt shot. <laughs> Yan- <laughs> Yankees twin. He has Yankees in five versus the twins. Oof. These are two home run hitting I teams. was just about to say that. Two yeah. home run hitting teams. So, yeah. um, the Twins, I, I've always said, can surprise some people. I don't think nobody probably around here can name five players on their team. For the Twins? Yeah. Kirby Puckett. I already said Kirby Puckett. Uh, Joe Mauer. <laughs> Ken uh, Herbeck. Ken Herbeck. Greg Gagne. Chuck Knobloch. Uh, <laughs> and Jack Morris. Rod Carew. And Winf- Dave Winfield. There it is. David Ortiz. But, David Ortiz. But honestly, I mean, I like the way they battled back. And when I say battled back, Cleveland scared them for a minute. And then Minnesota took care of business when they played them. So, you know, just ask you, H.O., over and under, first game, how many home runs? You think it's going to be over eight? Over, I say over six. Ooh. Combined? Yeah, combined. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I go with the over. <laughs> they playing in they playing in New York too. That yep. short port. Yeah. Uh, Houston in the sweep over the A's. Houston is favored to win. So yeah, I agree. I, I think. I but mean, if they play again, if they play the Rays, I have the Rays beating Houston. Oh wow. Mm. Yeah, I tell you, I, I just think the Rays are that team. That think the Rays beat Houston. Yeah, I think the Rays are going to get past Oakland, and I think they're going to shock. Shock the world. All right, uh, last but not least, Astros versus the Yankees. Got the Astros in seven. And going on to win the World Series is the Astros versus the Dodgers in six. Mm-hmm. So Astros-Dodgers is what uh, the young intern has down for the World Series. And the Astros win in six. Do we have MVP? I don't see one. Do we have MVP for the World Series? No, okay, he didn't have one. Okay. Uh, maybe Bregman. Maybe the rookie. Uh, I say Bregman. A lot, uh, Alvarez. Probably not many people speaking of him, but maybe um, what's the guy that they just signed, uh, they traded for? Grinky. Maybe Grinky. Mm-hmm. Maybe Verlander. Oh, yeah, Verlander for sure. You know, a uh, lot, lot of choices. But uh, right now, I see the the Astros heavily favoring, and everybody's putting their money on on them. If you scout the internet, is uh, it? Did you hear about yeah. that one guy who put down three point five million? Yeah. yeah, three and a half. Must yep. be nice. Yep. Is, it, go ahead. It, is it fair to say that they have the probably the best three man rotation? Absolutely. With Garrett Cole, Verlander, and yeah. Grunky. Yeah. I was gonna ask: yeah. is, Does Verlander remind you all of the modern day Pedro Martinez? I think you remind me more of Jack Myers. But not not the way he pitches, but just the way he approaches the game, his style. He, you know, he's no punk. He doesn't shy away from anything. He has his team's back. 
like you love to play for him. I can see that, but I, Jack Myers was just a whole nother level. Yeah, he was just one of them tough umbrays. Yeah. You weren't taking him out in six, six no. or seven. I yeah. think I kind of see the little smokes in him too. You know, just that gamer. You know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, gamer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, smokes and uh, Jack came in, up in the same time. So, all right, man, appreciate that, Mister Action Jackson. So we'll see how this turns out. When we get back. We got to talk to these Falcons, Jameis Winston. And backup quarterbacks. J-Bo. Roundtable discussion coming up. You listen to Sports Roundtable and SRT crew on the Real 1100 SRTradio.com. Are you thinking about changing the station? You're only hurting yourself. Keep listening to Sports Roundtable on 1100 AM. The work never stops at Bo Bell Basketball Academy. Or more specifically, the feet work never stops at Bo Bell Basketball Academy. For boys and girls ages six and up, Atlanta's own Bo Bell has played and coached basketball all around the world and is here to share his philosophies, specifically how footwork is the foundation to be a complete basketball player. Visit CoachBoBell.com for details about upcoming camps or call 770-912-4104 for more information. Bo Bell Basketball Academy, where feet work is key. Sports Roundtable. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? It's an honor, sir. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? Very good, sir. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? Very good, sir. Congratulations. How do you feel? I got a pig. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pee. Only on WWWE, the real 1100 AM. <laughs> The Roundtable Discussion. What are we talking about? Hit it! <laughs> Sports Roundtable back, and it's time for our Roundtable Discussion, sponsored by our good old friend Bo Bell. Looking for the improvement in your basketball game, please go to CoachBoBell.com. For more information, Bo Bell South, Bo Bell Midtown. For more information, what he says feet work is key. And he continues to say Lou Williams should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, fellas. Uh, let's go ahead and get down to it. I guess I'll let Jay Smooth speak on this first. <laughs> since uh, since he is the guy who tells Dan Quinn to tighten up. Uh, what did you see this weekend? Or let's just go from let's just start from here. DQ in the Falcons. Is he on his way to being fired? I hate to say it, but maybe I and it's it's still early. Um, we're only four games in, and um, as Hancock likes to say all the time, this is sort of an evaluation period. Um, we don't know what teams are. You know, this is those first four games are essentially the the preseason, and you know we're a lot of teams still lacking identity at this point, and we know that that's what the Falcons lack at this point. But back to Sunday, what I saw is a. Uh, a team who's undisciplined. I saw a team that's soft. Um, I saw a team that overall just seems to be mismanaged, meaning that um, mm, mm, mm. Arthur Blank, um, Thomas Dimitrov, Dan Quinn, they sort of positioned themselves to, you know, restructure the coaching staff. Um, they poured a lot of money into the offensive line. 
Um, they poured a lot of money into their start wide receiver. Um, not only that, their star defensive lineman, Grady Jarrett, and their their biggest investments have yet to pay off this season. Um, you know, there's still another 12 games to play, so anything can happen. But I I can honestly say that I've I've been very discouraged with what I've seen so far. They were pushed around by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles pushed them around, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Tennessee Titans. Um, I mean, they that's sort of a, a murderous row of maybe defensive lines. Um, they've they've just been destroyed and manhandled in the trenches on both sides. Um, the loss of Keanu Neal, it possibly showed on Sunday. I mean, you had guys like A.J. Brown who – you know, had a career game on three catches. Um, Corey Davis, who struggled so far. Even a guy who I'm not high on, um, Marcus Mariota, he, I don't hold him in as low of disregard as I do, you know, Chandler Parsons, but he's close, Marcus Mariota, and, and he looked like a star on Sunday. So I don't have a lot of faith in what I've seen from the Falcons so far. Um, Matt Ryan has made terrible decisions. He has to improve in that, in that sense, but um, I'll just leave it there. That's what I've seen so far. All right, Mr. Hancock, is he <clears throat> on his way to being fired? Yeah, and it's a lot of it's due to what he is. He's a defensive coach. So if you can't bring the best out of the team on the things that you're supposed to be strongest in, which is defense, you know, even though you spend all your money on offense, which to me – is not him being successful because he's a defensive coach. Yeah. And if his defense is not living up to it, what good is he? Because that's what he was brought, you know, he was brought in here to kind of mirror what Seattle did. You know, to build that defense. He had his cop in the middle to to bang people. He never really had that that corners, but I, I think he wanted the rangy long arm corners. He tried to build the defense in the image of what they did with Seattle. And it's hard sometimes to do that. You know, we see people trying to, you know, emulate Golden State. So it, it ain't hard if you get, you know, it's kind of hard if you don't have Steph Curry. Right. So the same thing, it's kind of hard if you don't have those pieces that they had in Seattle to do what they did. But, yeah, I do think the leash has to be short right now. Um, these four, first four games have not gone well. But, you know, when you look at a division, they're only two games back, you know, and New Orleans is still playing – with an arm tied behind their back. We don't know exactly what Jameis is. Uh, Carolina is still trying to find themselves because Cam is out, which <laughs> might be a blessing because it seems like they're playing better offensively. Uh, so the jury's still out on whether the season is a complete loss now because I don't think it is. You're just a quarter of the way home. But the problem is, is that when we look at the Falcons, what strikes fear in another team? Yeah, of course you got Julio, but you're like, well, we can bracket and cover him, you know, or take him away, take him out of the game. And if we just put a little pressure on Matt, he's shown that he will turn the ball over. And then on defense, what are you game planning against? What are you coming out on defense and saying, that's the guy we got to recognize, define, that allows your defense to be strong somewhere because you have to shift the line that way or you have to account for that guy. There's nothing there. It's just, it's just blah, and I, I'm just I'm, I don't see. Like I said, it's not over, but it's not very encouraging right now for the Falcons. 
Mr. Controversy. He's not getting fired. Uh, the fact that Dimitrov is still there, and we all know that Mr. Blank is definitely loyal. So I don't see him getting fired. I don't even think those talks are even growing up in Atlanta or in the offices. Like you said, only two games back, and they, it's possible that they played New Orleans on the 10th in New Orleans without Breeze. And if that happens, it's still a good chance they can win that game. Uh, I don't believe in Carolina still. I don't think they're that good. Like you stated, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen with Tampa Bay. They look like they're on the rise, but you just never know. But I think the fact that, um, th I think the problem is they don't have an identity offensively or defensively. I don't, I don't I mean. see exactly. they don't have a running game they pass the ball but everybody passes the ball but it's not like you you can't stop us it's just we're passing the ball because it's third and 17 on defense he wouldn't be playing right now anyway but they miss offer so yeah. they. I mean I know people <laughs> don't like him but one thing about him what he, what he, this is why they miss him he brought an attitude they don't have that right now who has that attitude on their team? Tech, I mean, they don't have it. So, there's no identity on both sides of the ball. That's why, like I stated earlier, Minnesota said, oh, we're going to keep running it. Why throw it? Let's run it down their throats. That, the fact that they got punked that game. So, I just don't think he needs to come up with, a, with an identity. But it's still early. And then again, Dimitrov is still there. That's who Dimitrov brought in, and we know Mr. Blank is loyal, so he's not getting fired. Um, G, go ahead, and then I'm going to go last because I, I got a lot to say. All right. Um, <laughs> I think if, if he ends up getting fired, it won't be because – I mean, their defense is okay right now. The numbers say they're okay. I think they're actually, like, number nine as far as yards per game. Uh, and number eight as far as points per game, something like that. Um, they're way, way down as far as like rushing yards allowed. So teams are able to run the ball on them. And passing the ball, I think they're still top 10. They second. Uh, well, offensively, they're second. Right. And passing the ball. But uh, as far as uh, defensively, Defense, uh, they're right. like eight, ninth. Yeah. Because everybody run on them. Well, yeah. So the key is to is to run. I, I, I feel like that is uh, – that may be the 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 downfall is if they are if teams start to figure that out to start running the ball more. Um, but I think on offense they're also kind of predictable. Uh, you brought back someone who had been the offensive coordinator there before, uh, so you know what he likes to do. And then they're also not able to run the ball. And we talked about this with DW last right. week. Uh, he felt that maybe because the offensive line hasn't gelled together, there have been some injuries, and it's a kind of a new scheme that maybe they'll figure it out. But four games doesn't seem like a lot. A quarter of the season doesn't seem like a lot, but it kind of is. I don't know when they're going to be able to find some kind of balance because when they are able to run the ball, that's when Matt Ryan is at his best. And they really haven't been able to do that. He leads the league in attempts. Yep. Uh, he's second in yards and yep. uh, yards per game. But 
a lot of quarterbacks can get those kind of stats on losing teams because there's no balance. So um, there, there's some holes that I don't know what Dan Quinn can, how he can fix the offense because that's not his expertise. But defensively, if teams are able to run the ball, that's when they get into trouble because I don't think there's a lot of depth on the defensive line uh, outside of Grady Jarrett. Um, I don't think there's a lot of depth there. That's where you could use the depth instead of the secondary. Uh, so, I mean, there are reasons he could be fired, but it, it's hard to say at this point, but they have to get together like very soon. Because I think if we revisit this at the end of the month, we'll know for sure if he, if this is it. All right, so this is this is the problem. To go into this year, this is his fourth season. Am I correct, Phil? To say you don't have an identity for a team in your fifth year, that's a red flag. To say that you are a defensive guy and you've not had a defensive team yet to hit top ten, that is a red flag. To say in the offseason, we're going to run the ball, we're going to get our offensive line better. We're going to be more disciplined, and we're I'm going to take over the defense. I'm going to take responsibility for Vic Beasley because we signed him to $14.8 million, and he's going to become a better player. Nothing that you've said has happened. During the Dan Quinn era, in his zone defense, I'm going to run off some names that he has lost, quarterbacks that he's lost to that probably could have went to the Hall of Fame next week. Mm. Marcus Mariota, mm. Jacoby Brissett, Jake Culler, Case Keenum, Matt Hasselbeck, Blaine Gabbard, Brian Hoyer, Geno Smith, Alex Smith, Tyra Taylor, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton. There is not one guy on this list that I would even consider a top 10 quarterback. These are facts. These are facts. So, whether he gets fired or not, if if you ask me to be the Falcons lawyer and give the reason why he should, I don't see how he can rebuke this. Because to go five years without no identity on defense nor offense, and you have flipped the staff three times. Flip. If he doesn't get fired, I said it's gonna be. I think he's going ahead. It's gonna be. It is Arthur Blank will catch when all kind the eighth week or the ninth week. It's right in the so, middle. but should Dimitrov and I like he uh, he all going with go. him? All of them gotta go. Yes, he going with him. Dimitrov ain't got the, a leg to stand here, on. Here he is. Why? Why didn't he go after uh, to Davian? Like, come on, man. If you need a pass rusher, you hold on to Beasley. You this guy's available. Yeah, hold on to him. 
Yeah. Pain. Yeah, pain. right. And this guy's available. And you're playing in a, in a division where you have all world quarterbacks in a sense. They can throw. That's what they do. And you don't get Jadavian. You don't go after these other guys, but offensively. I don't I don't know if he's trying to mimic what Baltimore did with Brian Billick or what uh, <laughs> Tony Dungy did in Indy. Like, we got a defensive coach, but they're an offensive team, or we got a offensive coach, but they're a defensive team. Right. Like, right. is that what he's trying to do? Yes. I don't get it. No identity. It's just whatever. It's just like going to the Waffle House. It's really no meals. You just you just a la carte your way to to a meal. Wow. You know what I'm you know what wow. I mean? That's the truth. I mean, it, it is what it is. Let me let me ask you this. And I I'll admit I was on the, the dirt cutter train at the beginning of um now that, I, that doesn't look like a great idea right now. <laughs> I, I mean, out, but I mean, considering you know he had been here previously, uh, he worked with Matt. I thought there might have been some continuity, but now it just doesn't look like a great idea at all. But what we, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, can, can we say with the running game though? I don't think what's the name is fully comfortable yet. Um, Devonte. Devonte. Yeah. So let's see. That ain't what Dan Quinn said. But Dan I'm, Quinn said he looks fully healthy, and we're going to run the ball this year. And, and I'm not even saying he's not healthy, but, you know, sometimes it takes a minute. And like you stated, this is their preseason. So let's see these next three to four games if he gets in the rhythm. Because he doesn't look like the same Devontae. And I'm not saying because he's hurt. He's not He just Devante. hadn't. But usually it takes four to five, six yeah. games for it to click. But if this, it clicks – but we'll see. And if it's not, I can't come up anymore. This with dude ain't excuses. been the same since he got knocked out. Let's just be real. He has not. And that's not, I'm, I promise I'm not trying to be funny. It's just not, he's not the same guy. And then the problem is not, Ito got knocked out. Yeah, that's the yeah. biggest. Cause, so yeah. both of them had these concussion things that, I, you know, and I asked, remember when I asked, asked the doctor, we were doing your show that time. Are you more susceptible to getting the lights cut out again once the power go out? So, <laughs> I'm just saying, it, you know, a good lick again, and, you know, they out again. And it's just, look, man, it, that you what, what the first thing a running back does when he go through the hole is he get low. Right. He putting his head down. And he put his head down, he's going to run into something, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, look, football, your body is not meant to play this game. So when you start to get ailments, you start to get st- – it, it can only get worse. Jay, what you got? Um, it, week nine is their bye. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, what is – what would be – they're one in three now. What would be an acceptable record to where Dan Quinn might keep his job? They can't lose until – they can't lose no more. I said three and one of these next four. <laughs> wow. Four and oh. They can't lose anymore? Are you talking about the next month? Next four, I think they got to be three. I mean, the rest of the season. Oh, the rest like of do they got to finish thirteen and three? Oh, oh no! That's why I was like, wow, <laughs> ten, ten and six. <laughs> ten and six. The next they have four to win a playoff game. Yeah, yes. The next four. So ten and six like and, and a playoff Who win for Quinn to stay. Who we Did, got hold on, did that? Hold on. Am I the only one that heard Arthur Blank say, "I done given you everything you need. I want multiple ships." Yeah. Am I the only one heard that? Yeah. Nope. Now he he the owner now. So, Dimitrov's not going to fire Quinn. 
Arthur Blank will have to fire both of them. How much money he put in that stadium out there? And, and look, it was million. half empty Sunday. But how much money did he put into it? I, At least a couple a billion. Huh? At least a couple billion. Okay, so he put all that money in there. He paid Julio $60 million, which I can still not understand. I'm sorry. He's put he, at wherever you want. They paid that, that sorry defensive end. They paid him that money. He's put out a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm with you, Harris. If he, if this next four game doesn't don't go well, I think he makes a move. And it's around the bye time, so he brings some. I don't think they bring in anybody. I think they just reset and kind of evaluate what they're going to keep for the next year. Right. Okay, for these, but I think these, he's uh, gone at, at midway point. So we're just looking at the next four. Right. All right, going into the before the bye. All right, they got the Texans. Is that a win? They can beat the Texans. Where are they playing? So. In Texas? In, in, in Houston. The next, in Houston? Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Texas is, and that's the next game. Yeah, but, but they're up Sunday. and down. Okay, and this Houston, up week. Houston this is coming off a loss. Yeah. yeah. This is an up week for Houston. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. That's an L. That's an L. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, they play up yeah. and down. Yeah. The next week at yeah. Arizona. They'll beat Arizona. They, yeah, should. they should. They should. Okay, and then. They, they lose Arizona, he gone. He won't even make the flight home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then after that, at home against the Rams. They can, and that's a team that they can beat. They can come in and surprise the Rams because they get up for that game and they can beat. I don't think it's been no, any game this year that it was like, all right, we got to get up for them except for Philly. And they won that game. Barely, but they won that game. All right, and then at home against Seattle. They can win that game because Seattle's Dan not. Quinn gone, bro. But the only the only saving grace is all of these quarterbacks we're talking about are not as bad as the ones on the list. That so may they, be the only saving if grace. If you say Arizona's a win, <laughs> but if they end up one and three in these next four, is he fired be, during the bye week? Yes. But I don't I don't believe yeah. that he's. One, I don't think they're gonna. Well, if he's not fired, well, you know you can be fired and be dead man walking, right? Yeah, that's true. So he'll well, be, he'll get he'll get the vote of confidence during the bye week, right? He'll get that, but he he definitely do you all truck will be be in flowery branch. They can't lose to Arizona. No, I'm saying they just cannot lose. Their I think they have to beat Houston. I just to, I just think, to start I, off I because if it's I, one if they're at one and four, and it's like, the, the, the problem it's is going to get worse. The problem I feel better is Houston won last week. You know how I mean? You know how I mean I the points they better. you know how I mean the points they average a game. Who the fact. Like twenty, hold on, seventeen and a half. I, you, 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 you ain't got to do the clicking. Wow. You know how many points they give up a game? You ain't, you ain't got to do the clicking. Twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was at least that. So you are a you are a touchdown worse. Period. In between that, so you can't tell me your defense is better because you giving up twenty four points a game. My point on it is, I, I'm not the biggest JJ Watt fan, but he makes a player two in the game somewhere. Mm. Oh, he always And I'm play. telling you, him coming off that edge, Matt has already shown the propensity to get that ball away. And I'm telling you, man, I'm just it's not it's not looking good. Can anybody tell me the last time the Falcons had a sack? Nah. Okay. Against the Eagles? Two weeks ago. I, oh, I was gonna say <laughs> didn't they have lunch sacks last week? <laughs> <laughs> but, one one more question before we move on. What do you make of the slow starts? Each week. Unprepared. They come, yeah. Unprepared. Yeah. You done had five seasons. You got eleven guys who went to the Super Bowl. You cannot tell me that you is is it's it's an influx of talent and all this other kind of stuff. You just unprepared. You just not prepared. All this slow start and this and this and that. 
come home and you only score 10 points at home. Like, it, aren't, aren't there teams who do like the they script the first 15? I know not every team does do. that, but they like get some, way. but at least have like, okay, we want to run these plays in the first drive because we know these will work. Like, is there any of that? Here's the thing. Y'all hadn't said this. Maybe they have given up on Dan Quinn. We said it last week. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe the players. Yeah, have. they don't. We said it last week. That might be it. They ain't nobody listening to him. But all right, let's go on to the next thing for, for I blow some in here. All right, Hancock, we're gonna let you ramble off on <laughs> this. Jameis Winston, the last two weeks, over seven hundred and fifty yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. What is going on with Jameis? It's got to be Bruce Arians, man. Okay. And uh, this is what we said prior to the show. I just think with uh, you had to have somebody that that can put you in good good situations. Make sure what you do well, he, he amplifies or accentuates that. You know, not put you in a play. Put Why would I put you into something that you can't do well? Rolling Jameis out ain't a good thing. In a broken play, maybe, but like I said before, he's not the most athletic or graceful quarterback in the world. <laughs> so getting him to understand where he should go with the ball you know, football is one when he comes in reading the defense before the play starts. And I think if you can help Jameis identify by putting somebody in motion or cutting down half of the field, identify where the pressure is coming from so he can get his protections right, you know, he can make those plays. I think he's a student of the game, but I think Arians has slowed it down for him a little bit. And, and that's the thing about football. Everything's happening so fast you have to be able to read and react quicker. And I think Arians has has taken some of the cluster away to allow Jameis to see the, see the field better. He's still going to have some errant passes. He's still going to throw some ducks. He's going to make some bonehead plays every now and then. But the last two weeks have been positive. For him to go out and do what he did, four touchdowns against the Rams, whose defense had been playing well. And they, had a, they have a good defense. I mean, so for them to do what they did in that, I know they got some some defensive scores, but a lot of that, that those scores were offensive, you know, generated. So right. I do, like I said, I think it's it's Bruce Arians, and it, it's also maybe Jameis has looked in the mirror and said, you know, my time is running out on me becoming a legitimate top level quarterback, especially when you're taking number one overall. There's a lot of pressure there to live up to that expectation to be the face of that franchise down there in Tampa. And then the off-the-field stuff that he had and coming out of college, all of that. So he's had to kind of overcome some stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, with the little success he has, maybe he can turn that corner and really be, I think, taken seriously. Because I think a lot of, when we look at him, he's not been taken serious as far as a big-time full quarter. So, you know, again, I think it's Bruce Harris. Okay. All right, G, you done seen Jameis from Florida State all these years through up to now. Uh, you, I think you've talked about this is his last chance to get that, that contract. Uh, what do you think it has been? What do you think it's done for his confidence in moving forward? What do you think actually <coughs> happens to Jameis? Uh, I think what's what's happened this season is I, I agree with you, Hank. It's been – uh, Bruce Arians, and I'm not sure who the offense coordinator is now. I know it's not Dirk Cutter anymore. But right. Leftwich. It's yeah, Leftwich. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's been the game plan is like simplified for him as far as he's making quicker throws. He's not holding the ball so much and then feels like he has to make a play and he's pressing. 
I think that's what has plagued him the last couple of years at least is that he's trying to make the big play or forcing it to where, like, look, that guy's not open. Why are you throwing it there? Uh, he made an interception like that on Sunday to where he threw to a guy that was not open no, no, at all. No, no. But there was a guy going up the sideline that was wide open. But it's still simple for him. It's simplified for him to where you hit the open man uh, against the Rams. He attacked the middle of the field. Um, Brait or Evans or Godwin, someone was in the middle of the field and get the first down and move on. You don't have to get the big play all the time. Um, and I think, I, I don't know if we said this Saturday or it was last week to where that's what happened to Robert Griffin, to where he tried to, he was making the big play all the time at Baylor. And then in Washington, he was trying to do that in the NFL. And that's just not going to happen. You got to take what the defense gives you. And Winston is doing more of that now. He got helped out by the defense a little bit, but mm-hmm. they capitalized off of that. When they got a short field, they score a touchdown. They didn't settle for field goals. And that's going to give him even more confidence if the defense is also making plays for him to give him a chance to score because he has the weapons. Um, and even the running game is starting to come that's around true. for them. Uh, but if it's simple for him to where he takes what he can takes what he can get, put drives together, you don't have to go for the big play, then you're not going to turn the ball over as much. And this and the Rams, you know, well, they have the names to be a good defense. They have all the names. But uh, I think he did a very good job just taking what they gave him. Gotcha. All right, man, we're going to move to backup quarterbacks. They winning again. Um, Chase Daniels, got to throw him in the mix. Minshaw, uh, Mason Rudolph, Daniel Jones, and was it another one? Uh, Bridgewater. So – they all get wins again this week. Jay Smooth, your impressions on the backup quarter and, and Kyle Allen. I, 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 I yeah. meant to throw him in there too. Your impressions on the backup quarterbacks this past week? Yeah, each one of those guys that you said, they all got a win. Um, I don't know if I was most impressed by this guy, but well, and the guy I'm referring to is Mason Rudolph of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I won't say I was more so impressed by him, but more so sort of intrigued by what Mike Tumlin and his staff did to sort of simplify the offense. I mean, and granted, you know, playing against the Cincinnati Bengals, that that uh, remedies a lot of situations. That helps a lot of things. But um, Mike Tumlin and his staff, they simplified things for Mason Rudolph and they put him in positions to succeed. And not only – is that the case with Mason Rudolph? But if you look around, if you run down the entire list, Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, um, Cal Allen, all of the all of their respective coaching staffs have sort of made subtle changes to what they do offensively to make these guys more comfortable. And I I don't know if it says more about the guy, the backup quarterback's talent, or the coaching staffs, the coaching staff's ability to you know, recognize, hey. This guy might have some shortcomings here. He doesn't fit what we traditionally what we what we normally do when our starter is healthy. So let's make some changes and um see if we can win with this guy. So that was probably what what, what stood out to me most. Mr. Controversy. Yeah, that's what it's been. People don't remember, I think I long time ago I, I wrote an article about this and it's like in the eighties and nineties, early nineties. It was essential to have that backup quarterback to get you through maybe two or three games right. just in case 
they got injured. And it was big, everybody, you know, and it was usually a previous starter yeah. back then, you know. Or they've been with that franchise for like the whole career. Like Tommy Maddox. Not Tommy Maddox, but um, is it Tommy? Kubiak. Kubiak, Kubiak, like Kubiak. Um, Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch. You know, you think of players like yeah. that. And now you look at right what's going on right now to get Bridgewater. Even though he might they might have looked at him like this might be the guy that might take Breeze's job when Breeze finally retires. But still, to get somebody like that, for Nagy to get Chase Daniels, who's been in that system, who played that system, and knows that system, who's been a backup under Drew Brees, so he understands the role, to come in where he didn't have to change anything. You get lucky with Kyle, with, uh, Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. You, Rudolph is the future. And like you said, Tom McCall, a great game. But the way the coaches prepare the backups – He's not a backup, but even with Brissett, the way he was prepared. So you got to give a lot of credit to the coaches and the way they're preparing the guys and they're setting up the, the schemes and, you know, the playbook for them. But it's just refreshing. I've always said I've been a big advocate for backups. We need a back because you never know what can happen. And if to me, if you're a contending team like a New Orleans – like the Bears or so on, when you get when you have a backup that you know can come in and win you two pivotal games, that's big and that's huge. And that usually takes you to a Super Bowl. We've seen it in Buffalo, you know. Nick Foles. We've seen it in the Philly, right. You you see it. So it's it's, it's very impressive. It's very impressive. Yep, and uh matter of fact, we got Jacksonville and Minshew, uh, we forgot Minshew. Yeah, Minshew. Nah. Jacksonville and Carolina play this week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So Kyle Allen and Minshew will yeah. play against each other this week. What I, what I wanted to add is also that depending on who you who you have, like the webs they have, simplifying the game. I think with Jacksonville, I think a little too much is being made with Gardner Minshew, even though he's he's this cult hero, but he was, he was nobody's baller of the week this week but Fournette had 225 <laughs> yards rushing yeah right. uh so when he can turn around and hand it off to 27 then you know that makes things easier if you can you know have make things more balanced to right. where make the simple plays yeah, maybe then the you can get through with a backup quarterback <laughs> maybe the but Falcon he, need to watch that film. He, did, <laughs> he did bring him back he did drive him yeah. down well yeah like but still just to like yeah, just they have a chance have to win at the end but yeah. that's why I was saying with the great teams or the teams that's supposed to be contenders they usually have a good team it's just the backup needs to come in play his role not just game manage but make some plays and the good thing about the great thing about Minshew was he did all of that and then after the game, he saved the baby from a, a burning building. Twelve wow. stories, jumped up and grabbed him. <laughs> right, Just hung the baby on the mustache and climbed down the building. Can't do it wrong. All right, real quick, uh, uh, real quick, I got to get y'all opinions about this before we get off of here. Uh, California signed up, signed it, uh, the governor signed it. Say the players can now earn their way. Uh, Han, want to get your thoughts on that. What do you think is, this is going to become? What do you make of this? Are you happy, sad? Go wait and see. What's your thoughts real quick? 
Well, I think uh, the Pac-12 found a way to get some SEC-type football players. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I can go to school tonight and make money off my likeness, yeah, I love playing in the SEC. But if I can go out there and get paid also and play, I think it opens up the gate for schools like UCLA, California, USC. Mm-hmm. I'm coming. Because, you know, and, and also the other thing is, NCAA might be on the way out. You know, I mean, it's a governing body, but people don't realize they really are not anything. The schools can walk away from this this organization at any time. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. nothing, really. Yeah, They run a lot of stuff, yeah. but really the reason they have power is because they pay the right people to stay in charge. Right. So uh, I think this is probably the first chip to fall to where they might be in trouble as the organization over college athletics, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Ice Day Smooth, what you got? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think a select few will benefit from this because, I, you know, only so many guys go on to achieve a certain level of stardom right. at the collegiate level. But I, I agree with Hancock. Um, if more states, to, more states start to fall in line, this could be a big thing. It's a it's a game changer, in my opinion. California has always been, you know, that one progressive state that thinks, you know, beyond. They're they've been advocates for the people, and well, more liberal. Yeah, so um, they're advocates in that way. But I I like the ruling. Um, you know, I I think we have to tear down that old infrastructure, that old way of thinking. We have to sort of rethink or reimagine things in California. They're they're leading the way, and um. I'm interested to see what happens if recruits do go out west in the next few years. That's I'm interested. All right, Mr. Controversy. I just think that um, when a deal is made and you're the receiver and you get the deal, sometimes the deal isn't just for you. So they're going to win somehow. Like you said, either bringing other players in or it's kind of like um, when you know the government – assistance when they were giving out, you know, the government and you get this or um, affirmative action. Mm-hmm. It sounds good and it benefits you to a certain extent, but usually that first deal is not the best deal. So I just want to see what happens um, and how it works out. But it's still, I still believe something shady is within the works, mm-hmm. but it's still good to see those players. Good to see some progression. Yeah. Definitely want to see how the NCAA responds. Are they going to be banned in California for NCAA sanctioned things? Or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to kill a Rose Bowl because it is? Well, the Bowls are in trouble anyway because kids now, if they're they're not playing for a national title, yeah. why are they? They're not even really wanting to. If they're a top level, top flight pick, that they yeah. know they're going to make that money, and why risk it? Right. You know, and I, I think that's even going to happen. We haven't talked about it even in the Olympics and stuff, but we see what happened with Kuzma. Yeah. I think things are going to change. All right, Jay, real quick, what you got? Um, it, this is what, what it would have to take. Like, you have to drag the NCAA kicking and screaming towards change. Um, even though a lot of people have spoken out about it, the Ohio State AD says he doesn't like it. Like, like, I'm I'm not trying to hold Justin Fields from making some money, you know, doing a local car commercial if if that's what it's going to be. Um, but 
uh, I, California has the head start. It's not going to be till 2023, but you're going to see a lot of players looking at UCLA and Stanford and USC and Cal and uh, maybe even San Diego State and San Jose State because they'll have the ability to make money off the field. Um, but it's going to be uh, the other states. You're going to see other states doing it. South Carolina has already started on it. New York started on it. Um, but other states see what the NCAA refuses to see. So is the NCAA going to uh, sanction everybody? Mm. We had they'll, they'll they, if they're willing to do it, then hey, then away. these schools will go off and do whatever they'll they'll go do something else. So right? they only. Well, uh, man, Mr. Controversy, my guy, appreciate it. <laughs> Want to uh, shout out to everybody who tuned in and listened to the show. I see Don on Facebook said I was big mad about the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but okay. Um, shout out to the crew coming in. Shout out to Mr. Controversy coming in uh, and, and bringing some smoke with us. Uh, shout out to the big man above for giving us this platform for each and every week. Shout out to the intern, Action Jackson, who broke down this baseball like no other. So we got to make sure we follow that. Uh, hopefully you are wrong about the Braves and they can go on to the World Series and do some things. Maybe that'll save Dan Quinn's job. <laughs> we shall see. Um, but, yeah, shout out to everybody. Continue to follow and listen to the Sports Roundtable. It is uh, a pleasure and a blessing. And we do this each and every Wednesday for you guys. So we really appreciate it. Hey, just make sure y'all follow the three-point conversion uh, on all social media outlets, Twitter and Instagram, at three-point conversion, and um, the show every Saturday morning here on 1100 AM WWE. Uh, we're going to have HO fill in, and um, I don't know, I might just talk to the crew and see what they're doing. So we're going to try to make a special for y'all this weekend. So. There it is. All right, Han, what you got? Shout out to everybody out there up, up under my voice that supports the <laughs> SRT platform and everybody that's associated with it. Three, four conversions. Thanks for coming in, man. Enjoyed it. Um, that's about it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, shout out to the entire crew. Fun as always, Mr. C. Good to see you. Shout out to <laughs> Chandler Parsons. Uh, Chandler, thanks for the shout out. I know we've had a lot of disagreements over the years, mostly on my end. Um, but in all seriousness, I do wish him well with the Hawks. Um, now that he's no longer with the Grizzlies, I, you know, I'm no longer upset. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's that's it. Go ahead, G. Uh, shout out to Ms. Controversy for coming in. Thanks for letting me borrow your phone. I got to get a new battery for mine. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to the SRT crew. Uh, shout out to my mom and dad. Um, uh, safe travels to, uh, they're going to Mississippi, my, my great uncle, uh, Alton Boy Jackson. We call him Uncle A.B. Uh, he passed away last week. Um, and uh, so safe travels to them. And, and uh, send prayers to our family if you yeah. can. Yeah. SRT prayers SRT up. Love. You already know. Appreciate that, Mom. Mama D, safe travels. And as always, you know how we do it. If you don't like it, you better learn to love it. Because it's the hottest show going today. Hey, let's roll. I'm headed home, baby. Smooth. This is your main man, H.O. from Bankhead. R.I.P. Moms. R.I.P. B.C. And if you love the show, tell a friend. And if you didn't, shout out over Hershazer. <laughs> <laughs>
and we out. Peace. <laughs>